welcome to hell. <laughs> so we'll, we got to go check that out. Yeah. We'll do definitely. that. Um, oh, fuck. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> hey, we went I to the whole thing. I both of you. No, so. no I forgot. Right. There's something. I'll chop this all up and edit it. So don't yeah. worry. Shit. <laughs> Was it? I was like, I was like, oh, you know, it'd be a good question for you too. Like, Sorry, no, no, it's fine. It's not your fault. Sap is all time. It'll come to me again. Hello and welcome to the Jersey Shore Musicians Podcast. I'm Matt. That's Jeff. Hello. And today. We have Mr. Steve Bellow. Oh, golf clap. Welcome. Thank you. Golf clap. Thank you. Yes. How are we doing today? Doing well. Thank you. Well, find, find a place all right? Yeah, yeah. No traffic, smooth sailing, beautiful weather. Nice. Love it. This is, this is how I do find during the day. It is. It must be a day thing where it's like, <laughs> oh, there's 11. People oh, come I here at night and they can never find the driveway because it's pitch black out there. Yeah. So, all right. Let's start with the basic thing. All right. How'd you get into guitar? How did I get into guitar? Well, yeah. I, first, I got into music early, early on. I was four years old, and okay. I heard Led Zeppelin coming out of my aunt's bedroom, and I, I, I was like, you know, I, I like that sound, and <laughs> it, it, you know, it just grabbed me. And my grandfather was a jazz guitarist, but at, at the time, I didn't put the two and two together. I didn't think I'll be a musician. Uh, it wasn't until I was nine when I was given an acoustic guitar, and I thought, well, it just isn't cool. <laughs> you know, I can't, I I can't rock. rock on this thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I fiddled around with it here and there, here and there. I didn't take guitar seriously until I was twelve, uh, when I saw footage of Jimi Hendrix, you know, at Monterey, and he wore the really crazy outfit. Mm. You know, it was more about his visual appearance and the fact that he lit his guitar on fire. And I went, I, I got to play guitar now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I'm not gonna light my it. guitar on fire, <laughs> but I got to play guitar. And him and Richie Blackmore. That was it. I was just like, now I'm hooked. I'm, I, I, I have to play guitar. So, okay. so you're an accomplished guitar player. You have um, multiple albums. Yes, and this and is my newest. Up. Yeah, let's promote it. What is yeah, it now? Mood, we have Mood Swings. Mood Swings it came okay. out last August, so it's ancient. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's over a year old. So. Um, now, how about like becoming of age? Like, did you start in bands? Uh, was it cover original? You know, like how did how do we get to today? Well, uh, first band I played in in high school, I was fifteen, was a cover band because obviously that's what you did to play parties and yeah. dances, and we we sucked. <laughs> you know, we weren't very good, and but you tried. We tried. <laughs> you know, in my head, I thought, yeah, we could be Led Zeppelin, we could be Deep Purple, and I was just like, we were just nowhere close. And <laughs> I had my aspirations way too high even back then, and. But you know, looking back, I can I can see that they were very tentative steps, and you got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we played a couple of parties. We played my high school, and you know, of course, you would hear, "Oh my God, your band sucks," but you're really good. We, you got to find another band, and <laughs> you know, you play really fast, and and I kind of still hear those things to this day. But uh, <laughs> I, I do my best, you know. Mm. But back then, yeah, the first two bands in high school were covers. And I wanted to do originals, you know, I wasn't a great writer back then. And I would just do the little things and I'd be like, hey, I got a song I did. Oh, that's great. And I'm just like, no, I want to do originals. And then mm. uh, right out of high school, I joined my first original band, 18 years old. And we started playing clubs and I thought I was going to be a god. So, <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess we all are like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I'm still trying. You all start, yeah. you start out all bright eyed and yeah, motivated, and then you just kind of die a little bit as you go along. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, it happens. It does. What? Um, okay, so that's what college. Let's go now to like maybe five years before COVID. Mm-hmm. Like how was like that vibe? Because it kind of we had a little booming of music going on and like a little bit of a community kind of going. Yeah, five years before COVID. Wow, uh, no one's ever asked me that. I, I was gigging a lot. Yeah, I uh, got to open for Jolyn Turner, okay. Lita Ford, uh, King's X. You know, it was nice. really great. Uli Roth from Scorpions. I was gigging a lot, and it was great, but I also thought to myself, well, the more I gig, the more attention I'll get, the more exposure I get. If anything, it backfired. Okay. You know, because part of it is like, oh, well, I mean, I could always see you another time. And it yeah, kind yeah. of puts a dent in your ego. Made, like, made well, yourself too available. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. I, there was no slowing down. I was just getting gigs and gigs and gigs. And I had a CD in 2015 at that time called Layers of Time, and it was the first time I was featured in a guitar magazine. Okay. And it was really cool, and I thought, now I'm going to be a superstar, and everybody went, like, well, where was the issue? We didn't see it. I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> it was like a war of attrition. And, but I was gigging a lot, and right around mid-2019, long before, well, I guess long before there was such a thing as lockdown and COVID, I just got tired of it. Mm. I just got okay. so tired of, you know, honestly selling tickets and dealing with promoters that would just roll their eyes and go, well, you know, you didn't sell a lot, Bello. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to buy my tickets like other bands yeah. do and yeah. act like I sold out all 150 tickets. No, yeah. I'd rather do the honest thing and say, look, I only sold 40. <sighs> you know, all that. And I was like, yeah. I'm just kind of... I'm, the I'm grind done. will wear on you. Yeah, man. I was done, you know, yeah. and it's, it, I was done. And then the lockdowns happened and I went, you know what? I felt for my friends that were gigging a lot. Mm-hmm. And now they're stuck. We're all stuck, obviously. And they were doing podcasts and they were singing in their living rooms and, you know, just doing whatever they could to keep the music going. Mm-hmm. And when the, when the scene slowly opened back up, I remember going to the Brighton Bar because they were one of the few rooms where they would have outdoor shows from, uh, I yes. think, like yes. 3.30 to 5. You mentioned Dan, yeah. Dan Caputo. I saw him there a few times. And, you know, and I thought, this is nice. You know, bands are getting back out there and... I noticed that kind of a change in the attitude with people like, okay, this can happen again. We better start seeing bands and showing more support. And then I thought, I just don't feel like playing live though, but I wanted to do new music. Mm-hmm. I was writing during lockdowns. I was teaching. I'm a teacher. So, okay. you know, I was teaching guitar during lockdowns and I thought in a strange way, this was the best thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, good, it's a, re, it's a reset. It is. It's a total yeah. reset. Bring you back to what you love about it. Yes. That's making the music. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's that's happened to quite a few people, you know. They gigging, 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 and then you just, well, how'd you put it the one day? Oh, you finally just get off the hamster wheel, you know? You're yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And you stop, and you're like, wow. Yeah. And then you get back to what you love, which was making the music, yeah. not playing two, three shows a week, or you know, playing five shows a month. It's just making music, and that's it. Yeah. Well, I always enjoy the, enjoy the uh, creative process. Yeah. That that to me is. You know, my, my half joke is I can write a song in ShopRite. You know, I'll just sit there and I'll pull a box of cereal down. Oh, God, I have a riff. And I have, I'm, I'm, I'll sing into my phone just so I can, don't forget it. Or I'll run to my car and I'll grab a little like, scrap paper and just jot something down. I always have ideas. Mm-hmm. Are they all great? No. But I always <laughs> have ideas. And, and at the, you know, even when the, the lockdowns were lifted and gigs were happening, every, oh, Bella, are you going to play out again? I'm like... 
you really want to see me? You know, and that's not a put down. It's I do instrumental music. I'm not doing what's normal. Yeah. I'm not doing what's commercially viable, but I'm doing what feels good. And I've I've obviously had people over the years say, well, if you had a singer, you know, I'd see you play if you had a vocalist. I'm like, well, you know what? There's thousands of bands with singers. Yeah, it's true. I'm not one of them. (laughs) Now, when you were playing or your studio stuff, would you get, do you have like a set band that you always use? Do you pull in people that you know? Like, how do you go about your whole recording process? Well, I never even thought I'd have an instrumental career. Mm-hmm. Let's start with that. I mean, I was signed with Ibanez Guitars in 2003. Okay. And the first thing they asked me was, do you have CDs for sale when you do clinics? And I'm like, I guess I do now. Yeah. <laughs> and I made my first album, you know, a, a friend owed me a favor. He says, you can record my studio for free. I was like, thank you. Mm-hmm. And, and the, this drummer that I, I'm still friends with to this day, he lives in Tennessee now. I said, look, I need a drummer. I'll play bass on the album. I need something for Ibanez Clinics. That was it. It wasn't, oh, I'm going to sell the CD in stores and I'm going to put this on iTunes. And so from that day forward, I was like, okay, maybe I'll never have a set band. I, I wanted the ideal band. You yeah. know, I see these bands are together 5, 10, 20 years with pretty much the same lineup. And, mm-hmm. you know, my joke is I'm, I'm like Richie Blackmore and Uriah Heep. I just have a revolving door. And... I hate it sometimes, but unfortunately, when you're the solo guy, mm-hmm. that's going to happen. And, yeah. and I always make sure whoever's playing with me gets as much attention as I do. It's not like, nah, you stay in the back. You're just a drummer. I don't do that. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, you're not the, uh, the I, lead guy. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, back. A, there's a difference between being a boss and being a leader. I mean, oh, 100%. Yeah. A yeah. boss will say, no, you stay yeah, there. Yeah. A leader's like, no, get your ass up into the front, you know? Yeah. And, I've always been that way. And so I'll never have a set band. I might have a lineup for live shows that'll last one or two years. And then we all move on. It just mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. Know? So now has that happened a couple of times where it's like a changeover like that? Oh, all or the time. All the time. All the time. I mean, right now, I mean, Mike Sabatini, who plays in the band Attacker, it's his band. He's on my CD. Mm-hmm. And when the talk of live shows came up. He said, Oh, you know, my bassist Brian wants to help out. So I kind of sort of technically maybe have a lineup with Mike and Brian from attacker, but not kind of sort of maybe. Uh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, cause they got their band. They do shows. They, they, they do little gigs in Milwaukee and I forget where else they played, but I know they've gone to Greece in the past. So, you know, I don't own anybody. Nobody signs a contract or you have to play with me for three years yeah. and two minutes. And, it's pretty much a floating thing. You know, you're, you're, my door's open. You're more than welcome to play with me. If you're ever sick of me, just shake my hand and move on. Yeah. yeah. So that's, well, a, that's a good way to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. if, if Terry Bowser and Billy Sheen ever want a gig, yeah, all right. you Come know, I'm the guy. Uh, <laughs> Billy's now, I think he just got what? The uh, winery dogs three winery dogs. Out. Yeah. And, and, uh, I know he does a lot of session work. I mean, I have to put my my house up for a second mortgage to have oh him on my job. album. So, yeah, right. <laughs> it's I can not going to happen. I can see <laughs> it could be worth it though. <laughs> That's true too. I mean, I mean, it's only money. You can always make more. Would be, pretty fun, would, be, would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, you never know. I mean, even uh, the new CD I'm working on. I'm in the studio with Mike working on songs. And long story short, he he said, "Oh, you're friends with TC Tolliver, you know, from the Plasmatics." I said, "I've known him forever. He played in my band." I played with him with T.M. Stevens, and we did a tour together. And they said, what about him on your album, One Tune? I'm like, 
I can ask, you know, and I was surprised. He said he would, he'd, he'd be into it. And I jammed with him two weeks ago and he said, yeah, I'd love to be on your album. And I was like, wow, this is great. Oh, so that's, cool. that's very, you cool, know, yeah. I, I'd like to think that my music has its own merits that, you know, it doesn't need 700 guest stars. But mm-hmm. I think in this situation, one kind of doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You know, <laughs> it'll help, and it, you know, be like whatever. It's yeah. it'll give you a different flavor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, exactly. now with the records that you have done, have you kind of stuck with a certain like? Here's the format. Here's, you know, this, or it's just like, oh man, I wrote this. I like this. Maybe it's not song one, two, three, but maybe nine. You know, because it's so different. You know, like, hmm. I, or do you kind of sit there and focus, like, with blinders, being like, it has to have. No, see, I think that would be the worst thing for me. Okay, and I always believe that music should be freedom of expression, and there are some guys that do this quite well. They they know exactly the tunnel vision. Like, it's mm-hmm. got to sound like so and so. I need a singer that sounds like so and so. I need a drummer that does this. Yep. You know fine when i did my first cd you know i would do instrumental demos to look for big bands i never okay. thought i'll be an instrumental guy like satriani and when again going back to the ibanez thing when they said you know will you do a cd for our clinics i had lunch with darren the drummer that played on my first album and i said what do i do i've never done this before it's just just do everything i'm like that's it yeah. he said just whatever comes your, out it's music yeah. You're not tied down to a singer who can't sing in certain keys that <laughs> write certain lyrics that you're not going to like. It's instrumental. It's pure. You don't have to follow a certain feel. Exactly. You whatever you but want. But I, I, I know anything I write is going to be heavy. You know, it's not going to be Slayer heavy, but it's going to be very heavy for me. And, I, you know, obviously I'm wearing Living Color is one of my all-time favorite bands. Nice. So I thought, what if I'm Living Color without vocals? Nothing against Corey Glover because he's... One of the best singers yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. But I'm like, Living Color Without Vocals, I think I could swing that. And I just started writing. And then I was like, okay, it's metal. It's progressive. It's got some funk. It's got some elements of jazz. It's got elements, you know, I'm allowed to throw a reggae-ish kind of thing in there. There's no rules. You can do yeah. whatever you want, yeah. And, yeah. and that's the thing with, you know, I'm not, I hope I don't sound like I'm putting out other bands. I wouldn't do that. But they give themselves rules. But they make it look like... <laughs> You know, we're doing something so ballsy and so different. I'm like, are you? Mm. Well, yeah, a lot, a lot of bands put themselves in a box. Yes. And it's like, this is what we do, and then that's all they do. Yeah, you know, and that, that works for them. Yeah. You know, and, and it got me thinking about when I was back in high school, and I would see flyers on uh, cork boards and like mm. pizza parlors. Metal band seeks metal guitarist. You must have this. You must sound like that. I'm like, was this the army? Mm. <laughs> you know, is this yeah. a Hollywood casting call? And <laughs> I think that's why, you know, getting to your earlier question about lineups, because this music has, in my opinion, like more freedom. You know, I could write a bluesy kind of song, but still have like a heaviness to it. I could write, you know, I have a psychedelic kind of thing on my last CD, Marblehead, called Turn to Rust, Rust which uh, a few of my friends are like, Wow, this is so different. I just did a, an ambient piece called Pieces of Light that I, I just, it was a totally on the whim mm-hmm. thing, you know. And I figured, I'll release it. What the hell? And all of a sudden, people are just like, wow, I didn't think you could do this. I'm like, neither did I. <laughs> you know, when it debuted at number nine in Australia, I was like, how the hell did that happen? Wow, that's <laughs> like, cool. Wait a minute. It's just like a minute and a half song, if you want to call it a song. 
and people were just like, I want to buy a copy. I'm just like, all right, it's on Bandcamp. Wow. Go for it, you know? Yeah. And I sold a few and I was shocked. And But I always believe that, you know, if you really stay true to what you're doing, eventually people will come around and say, all right, I get it. Instead oh, yeah. of... You know, I like your bands because you sound like, you know, I'm just going to do off the top of my head. You know, you sound like Metallica, Alice in Chains, Pantera. With mine, it's, okay, Bello, I don't quite get what you're doing. And then maybe a year later, okay, yeah. all right, where can I find your albums? Well, the, the music itself is so much more authentic when you stay true to you. Yeah. And you're not trying to fit into someone else's mold. Yeah, and, I, and you know, and even... Uh, Bands I played in in high school and college. Well, Steve, can you play like this? I'm just like, I could, but I don't want to. Okay. You know, I, I tried out for a band years ago, about maybe 20 some odd years ago. And, you know, I'm playing and everybody in the band is like, wow, that sounds freaking great. But can you play like Zach Wild? I said, I'll give you his phone number. If you want Zach Wild, I'll give you his freaking phone number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm playing like me. Well, you know, we're looking for a guy that's more like Zach Wilde, you know, this and that. And I'm like, well, then I'm not your guy. Well, then can you play like that? No. I'm not going to mold to your perceived image. Yeah. I sound like a pompous ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh I God. play what I play, and that's all that yeah. I play. I've heard, yeah. I know that slogan from somewhere, but yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. But that's it, though. Like, your music has to represent you. Yes. Not someone else. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I gotta go all day about this. I said, it's not, you're that. not being a pompous ass. That's that's what it is. It's your music should represent you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it it has to be. You know, like I said, pure. It has to be unsullied. It has to really speak. And I know that sounds really oh, corny, yeah. and but you, and you can hear it in the true. music. If if it's not you, it, it sounds it's like forced. It's just not the same. Yeah, it's a copy of a copy. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I've written stuff. I guess getting back to your question, you know, like going about writing. I mean, there's a song on my latest CD called <laughs> The Timeless Man. Now, I had the title long before I had the music. I was at my 30-year high school reunion. I'm old. And, and a friend of mine, I still talk to to this day, and I even gave him a credit on the album. He's probably going to want royalties now. <laughs> you know, I said, because of you, you gave me a song title because I walked into the reunion, and he looks at me and goes, Bello, you are the timeless man. You don't age. And I went, I guess that means I didn't get any hotter. Oh. I mean, you know, <laughs> my God, I'm not sexy like I once was. And I had no music for it. I'm like, but I have a title. And then unfortunately, we lost Neil Peart. Um, mm. Obviously, I'm a huge Rush fan. And all of a sudden, this music came to me. And I'm like, you know what? It, I didn't intend for it to sound like Rush. It just came out that way. And I'm like, there it is. Yep. I'm not going to try to pervert it and say, oh, I can't make it sound like this. And then, then I'm, then I'm going to be inauthentic. Yeah. So. Mm. So. Which is cool. Like, I mean, you said Living Color Rush. Now, for like, I don't want to say I hate like people saying shred guitar or whatever, but like, all right, instrumentalist, man, you go, all right, Vi, um, oh God, I can't yeah, Satriani. Satriani, like those guys, where you're kind of approaching it from more of prog rock. It, I mean, don't get me wrong, Vernon no, no, Reed no. is good. Like, I mean, he's awesome. Satriani, like those guys, the way that they do it. So, like, I could see how you'd be pigeonholed to be like them, but you're not. You're fighting against the green type thing. I've heard that quite a bit, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Vi is one of my biggest heroes. Of course. You know, yeah. Satriani. Yeah. They're amazing. You know, Ingve Malmsteen was an early influence yeah, on me. Another one. Yeah. I love killer guitar players, of course, but I've always been a song person. Mm-hmm. And growing up learning music, I learned songs. And, 
you know, I was your typical geeky kid in middle school, high school that would sit in the middle of a music store and be like, can you, are you watching me? Am I playing really fast? You know? Mm -hmm. But then I noticed, you know, people would be like, oh, he plays pretty fast. Do you know any songs? Um, at first, I'd be bristling, just like, screw you, dude. And I'm like, well, no, they want to hear music. Yeah. And I, I, you know, if you asked me to play a Black Sabbath album, I could do it top to bottom. You know, Paranoid, Master Reality, mm -hmm. all those albums. And, and that's what got me thinking. I love shred guitar. I have no problem when somebody says you're a shred player. But again, sounding pompous, I'm a little more than that. And you got to add in the feel. Yeah. I mean, Hendrix was my first big influence yes. as a guitar player but going backwards feel. you know bands i listen to led zeppelin aerosmith queen kiss cheap trick mm -hmm. you know my aunt was dating a guy back then he listened to yes cream and deep purple here i am a kid in grade school hearing all this oh, stuff you know and i'm not going to bs anybody i was your typical kid i listen to bay city rollers I don't hide that from anybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say, wow, Eric Faulkner was a big influence of mine. He's the reason why I, 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 I don't wear tartan clothes. But, uh, <laughs> but it's songs. People remember songs. And when people hear, oh, Steve's instrumental, oh, God, there's no singing. I'm not going to relate to it. I'm, I'm, I need a really cute front man that sings Ooh Baby Baby or something mm. trite. I get it. I totally get it. But I tell people, give my music one chance. If you don't like it, I'll refund you. And then they go, oh, he means it. And I've never refunded anybody. Ah, see, that's great. That's <laughs> I'm great. I'm very lucky. And I, I, again, give it a chance. I know it's quirky. It, but there's songs there. Yeah. And am I going on too much? No, no, you're <laughs> fine. You're fine. You're good. It's, We're just letting you run. Letting you, it's all about you, man. <laughs> yeah, because I've, I've done interviews with other bands, mm -hmm. you know, in the same room in the past. And, and they definitely have a certain demeanor to them. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I won't say the band name. I, I won't. Yeah, no. That's not my thing. But... They will get knocked on the door. Oh, no, 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 not that I'm putting them down anyway. But I was doing an interview in this one studio with these other bands and the other bands had to put on this front of F, 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 F. Uh, I can curse with the best of them. Yeah. But then I got up to talk and the singer in one of these bands goes, Bello, don't make us look bad. You're too intelligent. I'm like, what? You know, and I get to the microphone. So the guy says, okay, so Steve, tell me about Moose. Well, he... Rather serious. No, and I purposely put on that. <laughs> you went into Professor Moon. Actually. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if we must effect. be tactical yes. about it. If we must be dutiful about such <laughs> a, a random, you know. But no, with this, is when you get going, we just let you go. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, ramble. Yeah, no, we, 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 totally I ramble. I know, but you, your passion just comes right out. Yeah, and you can I, see I hate it, it sometimes. I, nah. I wish I could be shallow and ungrateful. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I know you don't. There's too hey, many of them out this. there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's so funny. That's all too uh, common of a trait in, in musicians these days. That is true. Well, again, it's you want to foist a certain vibe, yeah. a oh, certain yeah. image. That's what sells. Sometimes. It's, yeah, sometimes. You know, And growing up listening to Rush, I thought, well, here's three pretty intelligent guys. And I thought Neil Peart was a college professor. Yeah. You know, because of the way he spoke in interviews and the way he wrote not just lyrics, but... I'll never forget, um, there was an issue of Hip Parader in like the early 80s. And of course, as a kid, you look at Motley Crue, Judas Priest, you're like, yeah, you know, yeah. I could do that, be around really gorgeous women, and this would be great. And then he wrote, Neil wrote his own article. Oh, wow. And the words he used, and the way he described things, I'm just like, my IQ just went up. <laughs> I want to be like that guy. And then I read an interview with Doc, and well, you know, the chick's on the road, and yo, this and that. I'm like, 
No, I want to be a little smarter. So. <laughs> yeah, I want to be a little smarter. <laughs> well, also, talks. when you do it that way, it's like you command respect. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Amen. That was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah. where, can, where can we find you? Okay, well, um, stevebellowmusic.com is my official website. And on the website, if you scroll down, all the pages have this. There's links at the bottom for my Facebook, Bandcamp, Instagram, Twitter. I think SoundCloud's on there too. And, uh, yeah, so instead of just saying all the websites in a row, you could, the best thing to do is just go stevebellomusic.com. And everything's there. Yeah. Okay. Everything's right there. It's a one-stop shop. So Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we'll, we got to go check that out. Yeah. We'll do definitely. that. Um Oh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> hey, we went I to the whole thing. To both no, no I forgot. Right. There's something. Shit. <laughs> what was it? I was, like, I was like, oh, you know, it'd be a good question for you, too. And Sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's not your fault. Sap is all time. It'll come to me again. All right, well, why don't we start out with Do you get it? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Before I forget. All right. So the question I have for you would be what do you feel the state of music today versus yesterday? And we don't have to go back far. We could go 90s, 80s. But I'm saying today because I feel like there's a big shift. So let's all face music is a business, there's artistry, but that there's lines to that. So once that artistry is done, it becomes a business. Yes. And I feel like the business has taken such a hit yes. that now it's just trying to squeeze anything it can out. It has those cookie-cutter feels, yada, yada. But from a playing live, studio, uh, make money, I know that's a hard thing to say to a musician. No, but, no, no. You know, like, how do you see the progression from then? Because you're right, maybe looking in those uh, magazines with all these other interviews, like, oh, chicks, money... You know, those days seem very far gone. Well, I'm going to sound like the old man that yells at clouds. So you sound like us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just turned 53 not too long ago, so I'm officially well, old. Happy belated. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, everything has shifted. I mean, I think even before COVID and lockdowns, I think things have changed with the internet alone. I, I, I think it's a great tool, but it also could be a detriment. You know, it's made people lazy. Yeah. It's... Uh, no one goes to shows anymore. That too. I mean, it's... Uh, I'm sure we could all relate to this. You know, I can't say these days are gone. They're slowly coming back, but it's never going to be when it once was. The magic yeah. is not... Yeah. You're gonna, you can't trap lightning in a bottle twice. And, you know, as a kid, you know, you only had record stores and you only had the radio. You had MTV, of course. But yeah. even then... There was an element of mystery. Yeah. Like, okay, I need to know more about this band. Mm-hmm. You know, you see a band on MTV, you hear a song on the radio. You see, like, even in mentioning, like, Hip Parader and Circus Magazines, I heard punk and thrash metal bands because of the sidebar ads. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, there'd be all these, like, nine-page spreads about Def Leppard and Motley Crue, and it's the same article over and over again. And I'm just like, God, I need something else. I've said before, the kids today don't, they don't, they've never gotten to experience going to a record store yeah. for a midnight release and waiting for that CD because yeah. you haven't heard it yet and you're exactly. dying to hear it. All they know is click a button on my phone and I got well, it. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> and like I said, I think there's an inherent laziness to that where now it's gotten to the point where even like a huge band like Iron Maiden, they just played around here not that long ago. I've, I have friends say, I'll just wait for it to go on YouTube. 
I'm not going to spend X amount of money all the time. You know, I don't feel like dealing with crowds and I don't feel like $55 for a bottle of water and $85 for parking. I'll just wait for it to be on YouTube. I'm like, missing the experience. You're missing the experience. And, and, uh, I, you know, as far as the business end of it, yeah. I mean, the industry, in my opinion, needed it. Mm-hmm. It needed to buckle under its own weight. It's just too greedy. Well, it's it started to but eat But they're itself. holding on yes. like it's yeah. not there yet. You we know, need them to and, flatline. And I think it was right before lockdowns, Joe Satriani put out a new record. And then he's just like, well, I guess I can't tour. Mm. I guess I'll just do podcasts. And I guess I'll write another album while I'm sitting here. Yeah. And record labels, whatever's left, you know, and promoters, they couldn't say, well, you better get something out tomorrow and go on the road. Now it's like, geez, we, none of us can do anything. Yeah. I guess make another album and just release it and see what happens. See, we've yeah. almost seen the trend uh, switching away from albums. And yeah. a lot of bands are just a song every two months, a song a month. And mm. instead of releasing a whole album, you just one song. And then two months later, another song. And then I'm so just, old school. I know. I know. <laughs> well, so are yeah. we. But that's that's what it's going to is there's no more albums. A lot of it is just single after single after single. Well, and you just take that one thing and push it with everything you got. Well, I mean, like I said, I did Pieces of Light back in October. Whenever I do just a single, it's it has to be really inspired. Otherwise, yeah. I like writing a collection of songs. Because, yeah. again, growing up, you put on a record, and, you know, I'm going to sound really cornball for a minute, but it took you on a journey. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. you sat there with your headphones on and just closed your eyes. You know, I mean, hearing, like, the first Van Halen record, you feel like you're in the studio while they're recording it, yeah. and that's a beautiful feeling. Now you hear a band, it's just like I picture people at a desk going, okay, and you write this and, and you write that and we have our suits on and let's make this as, as corporate as possible. And, yeah. and that's not me. You oh, yeah. know, that's just not me. So as far as the business ends, I, I'm aware it's a business. It's the only way you're going to stay alive. You know, you can accuse certain bands of being the sellout, but you mm. know what? They have careers. Yeah, they got to yeah. make money too. They, they, you know, they got to feed their kids and... But I, I think what gets lost in the translation is they get so consumed by the business. They get so consumed with, wow, I just have this really big hit album. I have this really big hit single. I'm invincible. I'm going to write the same way every time. So you mentioned formula. Yeah. I, when music gets stale, it's just, are you phoning it in? Yeah. And again, that to me is more of a business than being a true musician and and. and I just think all, you know, I'm, I know I'm scattered here, I'm sorry, but all encompassing, it has to get back to the music. Oh, It has yeah. to be. And it has to, there has to be some degree of enjoyment. And I know I sound Hallmark. No. <laughs> but it, but it, it sounds... Just playing on behind us. Yes, no, it, yes. It's, but it's true. And like we did, I think musicians, whether the laziness or whatever it may be, they kind of forget that. You know, they sit there and go like, well, yeah, you know, but there's no soul. Well, oh, let me excuse you. Yeah, no worries. I think when you put yourself on stage, you know, there's a, there's, there's a certain degree of feel to what you do. From a live band aspect, yeah. yes, as, a, as a, a unit working together. Yeah. How often now is there a unit working together? Well, I do see a lot of bands around here, and there's the brotherhood, you know, there's the, the, the fraternity there kind of vibe. and But you know, you've been in studios now, yeah. and you see the way studios work now yes. is way different. I oh, can yeah. sit there and put anybody on a grid, 
Well, that was the great thing with you know this CD was, you know, number one we didn't use a click track. I mean, okay. Mike is a, a human metronome. Okay. And number two, he's you know the only Pro Tools that's on the album is there's a there's a piece on here called a box of ghosts, where I said I'm going to play it and I want you to spin it backwards. And and at first Mike was like, what? And I'm like, trust me, if it doesn't work, we don't do it. Mm-hmm. He had to put it in Pro Tools, loop it backwards. That was the only time, to my knowledge. He used Pro Tools. Otherwise, it was old school. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, old school. Play it till you get it right. You know, yeah. rehearse it a million times. Then you bang it out. We made sure, I think, well, Force Quit, I think, was the only song where we had to do like six or seven takes because it's a tough song, and I wrote the damn thing. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there like, I wrote this? What was I thinking? Oh, man. You know, I, should write, I should write Poison, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's... When you get into the grids and quantizing, the, the soul is gone. Yeah. Because, you know, again, living in a YouTube world, everybody's shit scared of making mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you play a live gig. It's like now people bring their phones to a live gig and go, God, I hope, I hope he messes up. Yeah, right. They want yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, God, I hope he throws his monitor across yeah. the stage. Well, like he, he said it a bunch of times, too, that... Uh, that's what music's missing nowadays is those blue notes and those yeah. those little things that are just slightly, you know, like that half a beat late and it's, a, you know, because yeah. everybody wants everything so perfect, you know, and it's if it's not perfect, they just... Yeah. That, see, see, that, like, I mean, Rush, to me, were as perfect as you could possibly be. But the one time I saw Rush, I mean, Neil was doing this fill and he dropped the stick. But as he was doing the fill, he's like, well, I got this hand. He actually caught the stick with the other hand and went right back into it. Yeah. Anybody else would have dropped dead right on the spot, but he was just like, "Well, this is yeah. it happens." Yeah, and yeah. there's I'm the sh- human aspect, you know. And I'm sure somebody'd be like, "You know, I, he, I'm glad he made a mistake. He's human." It's like, yeah, we are human. As long as you have a heartbeat, yeah, you know, I don't want robots. No, I, I you know, I, I want music. I want it to, I want to feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a pop song or a metal song, or you know, I have a couple of guitar students that listen to country, and they'll say, "Hey, I want to learn this lick," and I'll be like, well, I'm not a country guy, but man, that's a hell of a guitar player. You yeah. listen yeah. to like Brad Paisley. Yeah, I was just gonna you say know, one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, those those. I'll say one thing though: those country guitar players, they could put a lot of rock guys to shame. Yep. Oh yeah, it, it might I, not be your cup of tea, but they're they it, are great. Scary musicians. stuff. Yeah. Yep. It's scary. I mean, like guys like Will Ray. You know, even like you watch old Roy Clark footage, you're just oh, like, yeah. holy crap! You know, it's just the guitar into the amp, and I look at my pedals. I'm like, God, I suck. well it'd be good to ask you this one too because you brought it kind of brought it up with the iron maiden thing and and people waiting for youtube we've always we've brought it up that you know what if like you know venues started having live streaming so you could go to the show or you could buy like a reduced online ticket and stream it what are your feelings on that i could see that because those people that are going to oh i'll wait till youtube at least they'll stream it the musician still gets a couple bucks from it. The club still yeah. gets a couple bucks from it. It's a business aspect. Well, I mean, it. you look Let's... at like uh, even Iron Maiden. We'll bring them up again. I think it was 2019. They played Rock and Rio. Now, obviously, I'm not going to hop a plane and go to Brazil as oh, much yeah. as I would oh, yeah. love to. Yeah. I watched the live stream. Now, granted, it was free. Yeah. You know, if they were to say, hey, you know, can you kick in a few bucks? I understand that. There are some parameters where, let's say, you are handicapped. 
you can't get out of your house. God, I'd love to see, you know, yep. you know, somebody, I want to see so-and-so, but I just physically can't get out of bed. Yeah, even like the local level, I think that yeah. would work. Yeah. Well, I, I, see, that's, that's the thing. I, I'm not sure if this happened. Please tell me if I'm wrong. When clubs started opening back up and they started booking bands, I don't think they did live streaming. Some tried, but I don't think they really got anywhere with it. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think like who, for example... And there, there are some benefits to it, but again, you don't want to create that laziness. You know, people go, oh, well, you know what? I'd rather stay home. You know, the live experience, that's, that's why they call it the experience. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, I get it, but, I'm, but it's going to happen anyway. It so will. with that, it could be like a happy medium to try to at least grab some of those people that aren't going to actually physically come to the yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Something, something. It's never going to be what it once was. Oh no! Yeah, no. You know, the '80s are over. The '90s are over. But I think it's got to completely flatline and then rebuild itself. It can't hang on. Like right now, it's just hanging on. The business aspect is yeah. really just hanging on to anything it possibly can. That needs to die, and then I think there'll be another revival of everything. Where it's like, I mean. Uh, who was it? The Dead. I mean, The Dead made a name for themselves from their fans just yes. making tapes. Yeah. No, oh, well, well, they're already doing it. Here, make an album. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, we'll go back to that. I, I don't know when, but it, I think the business itself, the money has to be taken out of, I don't want to sound like the suits, but you know, the top level has to go down. And then yes. everybody that's creative and on the bottom level will build it back up again. Like yeah, there's Kramer. even like major major artists out there touring, making peanuts, yeah. peanuts. Yeah. I mean, it's think about shame. this. They're doing what? How many bands does it take to sell out a stadium now? Three or four. Well, I mean, depending on who they are. Yeah. We had that stadium tour that kept getting postponed, and then it happened. It was a crew poison, Def uh, yeah. Leppard. Like why? How back then you would only need one of them, maybe two. Yeah. That's it. I mean. But I think as far as far back as like, I'm probably going to be wrong here. Forgive me. Maybe the early 2000s, there was the talk of well, let's have these festival packages. You know, let's yeah. let's have you know B-list hair bands on the bill. It's all about nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the biggest problem is that the lockdowns, the COVID, everybody got nostalgic. Yeah. You know, because I saw it all the time. Oh, I yeah, you know, I got nothing to do. I think I'll find pictures of my yearbook and scan them. And this is what I looked like when I was fourteen. I was thin and had no responsibilities. And you know, here's some footage of me. You know, and this and that. And and everything's retro. Everything is, you know. I mean, let's face it. You need nostalgia. It's proof you're alive. True. Yeah. True. You know. And look, I'm guilty of it too. If I get together with a couple of high school friends, the first thing we're going to talk about, remember that teacher? Uh, I remember yeah. this class and, and the girl that got caught under the bleacher, you know, and all this stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you feel alive because you're like, okay, this is a part of my life that I kind of sort of miss. I'm happier now than I've ever been. I, my high school just sucked. But, <laughs> but without nostalgia, you don't feel that. You don't feel your heart. You know, oh, yeah. well, without that you wouldn't but you gotta be where move you are forward. Yeah. you gotta move forward and, and, and even like I mentioned my 30 year reunion it was great to see some friends we all chit chat and you know they're playing stuff on the CD I guess they call it a jukebox that's how old I am yeah. <laughs> you know and they're playing Rush they're playing stuff from the 80s you know Tiffany Debbie Gibson and everybody's like oh this is great I remember these songs and da 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 
And as soon as I shook everybody's hand and said goodnight, I stepped outside. It was 2018 again. I'm like, okay, now I'm in the present. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I got I got in my car and I put on the radio, or whatever. And I got home and my friends posted pictures and they said, "Oh, it was great to see everybody. We have to do this again next week." I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and, and you know, bless them. You know, my classmates, they're good people, but that's what they want to do. It's just like, okay, every Friday and Saturday, we're gonna go to this bar. We're going to hang out here. We're going to go to the art center. We're going to go like that. And, and then uh, I forget who played the art center. And they assumed I liked the band. I can't remember. And they're like, Bella, why aren't you here? I'm like, because nobody invited me. You know? <laughs> I didn't think to go anyway. But, but again, that's, I, I think those people sense, and I could be wrong, that I just don't want to live in the past. I don't mm. mind talking about it. But I don't live there. You know, yeah. my address changed 100 years ago. I graduated high school in 88. I don't want to go back. Mm. You know, uh, but I think what, ha- what needs to happen is we don't have, a, again, I'm going to sound weird here. We don't have a musical style or a trend that we can relate to. Mm. You know, where now everybody talks about EDM. Yeah. That's, that's my daughter's thing. That's not my thing. Yeah. You know? True. So when you say, you know, the music thing, it would be hooping to say, oh, today's music sucks. It's not like what it It's not even about that. It's more of like the whole, like the way everything's ran. Like, okay, um, something, Taylor Swift. Yeah. She's making money. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, but she's probably one of the ones that she started off in the mold. Now she's breaking away. So it's like almost like, I think, uh, what's his name? Guitar player. Like John Mayer did that. Yes, yes. And he's like, oh, you want you want these songs to make these girls dance? Yeah, sure. Her body's a wonderland. Oh, wait. yeah, I'm a blues player, too. Yeah. I'm really fucking good. So yeah, I'm yeah. going to put a trio together on my off time. And then he just keeps going, you know? I think he played with Dead, right? Yeah. yeah Something I, like that. Or maybe one of those fish, Dead. I don't know. I'm not one no, of those guys. With the Dead, but, yeah. With the Dead. Um, so it's like, how how's he able to do it? How come nobody's following that? I don't want to say blueprint, but how come nobody's following? Like, go ahead, write the hit, and then. But but I don't think you're allowed to do stuff like that anymore. No, I, think I don't the, think so. The either. top level is sitting there going, "I want four more Body Wonderlands." Yeah, you know, not one. I want like four or five. Oh wait, you want to be here? You just keep writing those. You know. Well, I mean, there's so many variables here. It's it starts with the top. Yeah. You know the suits. Well, you better write what the kids like. Everything's yeah. about the kids. Yeah. You know, and let's be honest, fans aren't stupid. But fans can be fickle. Yeah, that's true too. And they don't want you to change. They oh, don't no. want to no. see you grow and mature. They want you right there because they feel secure. How many times yeah. have you seen a new band put out an album and then they're like, oh, well, it doesn't sound like that album. Of course yeah. it doesn't because it's, it's, you know, five, ten years later, the band has evolved. Like, well, th- things change. You know, ACDC is the anomaly. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, they could put out, and there's no disrespect, they could put out the same album and you'll get some gripes. Oh, man, you know, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? But it's like going to Burger King and they totally changed the menu. I thought you sold burgers. Yeah. No, not today. <laughs> You'd be like, wait a minute. I've been coming yeah. here how many years? You know, you're not allowed to progress, but it, it has to be a natural progression. I mean, when you look at, you mentioned prog rock. You know, when you look at Yes, when you look at Genesis, when you look at Rush, they went from being really artsy, deep, intrinsic kind of music to, you know, what it wouldn't. It would be cool to have girls in the crowd, you know. Yeah. And let's face it, they want to retain their youth, yeah, whether they admit to it or not. They have to get with the times, and as long as it's not forced, then people go, "Oh, well, I, I can still be a yes fan." Mm-hmm. But you know, my friend's kid is a yes fan. 
this is great. Yeah. And, you know, the fans don't want you to grow. I, again, I could be wrong. As long as you're honest with yourself, with the music, I don't think people have a problem with you. They might not get you right away because yeah. you don't fit into their sphere. You don't fit into their mold. It's not meat and potatoes or whatever. I just, just my, my big thing is integrity. Yeah. My big yeah. thing has been integrity. I think it's all cyclical too. Like, cause you had like the, you know, the mid to late eighties and the early nineties where metal and rock really yeah. boomed. And then they held through the nineties. And like you had just said, 2004, 2003, it started diving off. And now we're, we're towards the bottom of the pile when yeah. it comes to like, you know, popularity and music. But in, you also have to go into, we've talked about it, like the Foo Fighters, probably the most successful rock band on the planet. Yeah. Gone. Well, so like the, the, the one, time, the one you know? shining light that could bring, that could rise the, you know, the tides for the ships. Well, who knows? I mean, this, that I could write books on, but <laughs> what, you know, you mentioned the 80s, 90s, that I think the last gasp for people. Like kids, I worked in a music retail for years. I sold guitars yeah. and all that stuff. And there was stuff I didn't like. I could listen to it now and go, yeah, some of it wasn't bad. Like the new metal, they call it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Some of it wasn't bad. A lot of it to me is really contrived, in my opinion. But, but I'll say this back when I was selling guitars in the 90s and 2000s, I never saw so many kids rush to buy a guitar or a bass or want to be a singer or a drummer. Mm -hmm. You know, you had Limp Biscuit as an example. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm not a fan. But that doesn't mean anything. If it made a kid go, man, I want to play drums because I think his name was John Otto, but uh, I want to play drums because of that guy. You went out and bought drumsticks. You, mm. you, I'm going to play guitar because of West Borland. <laughs> you went out and bought a guitar. I, I've been teaching almost 27 years, and I hope this falls in line with what you just said. When I started teaching, I can ask a student, so what made you want to learn guitar? Oh, you know, Foo Fighters, Green Day, Nirvana, mm -hmm. Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots. I might hear Led Zeppelin. I might hear ACDC, Guns N' Roses. Over the past five, six years, I'd be like, so what made you want to learn guitar? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking they're just being shy. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, is there, a, a, is there a band you like? I don't know. Is there a song you like? I don't know. Wow. I swear. And, yeah. I, and I have a lot of female students. Now, you mentioned Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Half of them don't even know who she is. Oh, I'm not kidding. Wow. I am not kidding. I'll be like, so, you know, who do you, who do you listen to who made you want to play guitar? Hmm. I don't know. I'm like, okay, off the top of my head, Taylor Swift. I don't know. And then the parents will say, oh, she's being shy. You love Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing, though. This whole younger generation is so introverted. It's that too, ridiculous. But... Like, they could have that band, exactly the answer you're asking for, and they just won't say it. Well, yeah. the, pl the part two to that is when the Queen movie came out, mm -hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody, all of a sudden, Steve, do you know any Queen? Of course. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, I got time. All of a sudden, they wanted to learn a crazy little thing called love, the heavy part in Bohemian Rhapsody. The mm, bass players wanted to yeah. learn another one by the dust, of course. And that because of that, they were like, wait a minute. Who else, who else like, besides Queen would I get into? Now, all of a sudden, there's interest. It's sad when you have a movie inspiring kids. And, yeah. you know, one of my cousins said it the best. Today's generation has no musical identity. Yeah, that's, oh, that's I, a good I, one. I, I could agree that's with good. that. Yeah. What I'm noticing the past year, I have kids coming in Listening, telling me what they, their parents are listening to. 
Mm-hmm. And they're like, so Steve, you know, do you know Alice in Chains? Do you know how to play this song? I, I No joke. One of my students asked me to teach him Frank Sinatra. Wow. That's, that's cool. He's like, you that's know, cool. Fly Me to the Moon. I said, I could show you the actual jazz way or I can kind of water it down a little bit. No, show me the jazz way. And I'm like, all right, here you go. And he goes, oh. Water it oh, down. Wow. Water it down. <laughs> oh, no, actually, I didn't have to. Oh, that's good. But I have another kid. I hate these were a kid. That sounds so derogatory. But another student, you know, I never tell my students, go listen to me online. You know, buy my albums. That's so douchey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this one student, he's like, oh, I want to your website. He goes, I want to be as good as you. And I said, well, it's not about being as good as me. It's about being Finding good, period. Be, yeah. So who do you listen to? And I told him. And he went out and listened to stuff. He goes, yeah, it's a little out there. And what do you think of Slipknot? You know, what do you think of, you know, Meshuggah? I'm just like, talk to me. <laughs> he actually bought an Ibanez guitar and he restrung it for those low tunings. That's oh, how wow. dedicated, all of a sudden, the light switch went off. And I'm like, now this is what it was like when I was teaching. Yeah. Early on. Now I get, I, sorry to say this, I got a lot of kids that just get there like, okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. And, and, and it's no fault of theirs. Like you said, they're no. more introverted than ever. Well, but they're, they're coming around. A lot of them, they, they just can't exude that passion. Like, no. Just, it's not, it's not well, there. It, it, I'm too much of a live wire for my students. It's like, Steve, can you cool out a little bit? <laughs> and I tell them, I'm like, look, when it comes to music and music theory, you can't shut me off. Yeah. You know, if you want to talk about cold fusion, I'm a box of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to talk about, you know, the plight of the government, I'll just be like, man, whatever. Yeah. But hey, Steve, you know, tell me about the uh, the Locrians. Okay. Uh, well. You know. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a geek. You know, I'm a, I'm a music geek. That's simple as that. And, and you know, enthusiasm is a transfer of knowledge. So if I'm not excited about something, how the hell am I expect anybody to sure. like what I do? You yeah. know, whether I teach or I show a song that I wrote. Because if I just go, yeah, well, here's here's a Green Day song. Give me fifty bucks. See you in a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think as a teacher too, like it's good for you to have that passion because you're teaching them yes. that passion and to have that and approach it with that same passion. Yeah. That, that's a great thing. My favorite teachers in high school had the, the humor. That's important. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to connect with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you both can agree with me. You can, you know, I don't know if there was a class that you liked and you couldn't wait to take the class and the teacher had the personality of toast. Yeah. And you kind of like, God, that I just ruins it for you. I yeah. did like this class, you know, you know, I you know, I have an English teacher I still talk to to this day, and a history teacher I still talk to. These guys were funny. They were musicians too, and they just had that that attitude. They connected with you exactly. Yeah. They, they write on the board, and they, the chalk would break in half because they couldn't write fast enough. Like uh. what they would, they couldn't couldn't get it out fast enough. And I'm like, I can dig that. And then you have the other ones like Ben, they were like Ben Stein. All right, turn to page 46. <laughs> Bueller. Yeah. Okay, clear eyes. You know, so <laughs> I, I don't want to be the box of rocks with anybody, mm-hmm. you know, whether I'm talking. And, and, and I know when you're in a bar, the last thing people want to hear is music theory. Oh, yeah. But I can't help it. Yeah, <laughs> it's part of you. You can't. You know, it, it's tough. It's very tough. I, I, I feel like the ultimate fish out of water in that regard. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, let's uh, start to wrap this up. We'll give you our same final question we give everybody. If you could change one thing, one singular thing about the music scene, what would it be and why? Local music scene. Local music scene. 
that everybody would see me play and say, my God, he's good. <laughs> you know? Yes. What would I change? No more ticket sales. Oh, okay. Just stop. Yeah. Okay, because it's degrading. What pits it, bands against each other? That well, Even before there was such a thing as ticket sales. I mean, when I started playing clubs in the late 80s, there was no such thing as ticket sales. Oh, yeah. It wasn't until, I'll never forget, I was playing in a band back in 90. And the club owner... You know, I won't say his name, but he definitely had like a Ben Stein kind of voice when he talked. All right, Steve, you got to come to the club and pick up tickets. What? What? Tickets? Yeah, you got to start selling tickets now. And I'm like, and it's so degrading and so humiliating going, hey, man, I know we've been friends for 20 years. Can you buy a ticket? Yeah. You know, it's like you're whoring yourself. And, and no, that's the whole Sunset Strip mentality. Oh, yeah. That's well, the whole. They got certain venues who will remain nameless. That, yeah. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to play at 745, 8 o'clock. And then you show up and they're like, oh, you only sold this many tickets. You're playing at 615. Yeah, that, that's yeah, happened you know? to me. That's happened to me. Again, we won't name names. But I, I think if you did away with ticket sales, you know, there would be less competition in that regard. But I think people would be more apt to go out instead of saying, yeah, well, you know, my buddy needs to sell tickets. Oh, my God. You know, Especially uh, if it's more of like a bar type setting that just has yeah. bands play there. As you know, I, I understand you need ticket sales for like a Starland or things like of that nature. Well, even because then, you still have overhead you have to cover. No, I totally understand yeah. that. I get the business angle, mm. but again, it's like it could also be a lot better too. Like I remember back in the '90s going to Birch Hill and seeing ten bands for like eight dollars. Well, even that's now, excessive. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, but nowadays, you go to see you know one band, you're paying forty, fifty dollars. Yeah. on a cheap side. Well, yeah. I, I did a gig back in July. Up in Teaneck, uh, New Jersey Metal Fest 7. My first time playing. It was a fantastic show. There were 11 bands. And the, and the promoter did it right. He said, why should you have to sell tickets? The only thing I ask you to do, he said, I want you to do two things. Promote the hell out of the show online. You know, I did a lot of interviews because that's just my nature. And he says, you know, direct people to this website. They could buy the ticket through the site. I'm going to mail the tickets to their house. I'm going to take all the work out of your hands. You need to focus on the music. You know, when I played with T.M. Stevens, I'll never forget his classic line. You know, uh, when I played Starland the first time, uh, open for Lee John Roth and Leslie West, I said, yeah, you know what? I'll copy a couple of tickets. He goes, tickets? You're, you're a goddamn musician. You're not fucking Ticketmaster. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm a musician. It, it's That's not just like, ah. <laughs> It yeah. just drives you batty. But this promoter, he did it right. You know, tell people, go to this website. Click on the link, drop down menu. I'm I'm buying, I'm here to see Steve Bellow, Attacker, blah, blah, blah. Or I'm here to see all the bands. Or I'm here mm. to see two bands. This way, you're not sitting there going, okay, I got to promote the show. I got to drive to a radio station to promote. And I got to sell tickets? Yeah. No. For me, it's going to be one or the other. I'd rather drive the almost two hours to promote than go, okay, I'm going to do this now when I get home. i got to go, who wants to buy a ticket? Yeah. You know. It does become a pain in the ass. It is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge pain. And, and Especially you said people are lazy and like, these days and they don't want to go out. And like it's, it's hard to sell tickets. It's it tough. really is. It's, it's very tough. And it's especially worse when you have like the competition. I'm not a competitive guy, but... I'll do a gig, let's say, and I have to sell tickets, and then a friend's band's playing one town over. 
Yeah. It could be a hotter gig. It could be a cheaper gig. Yeah. I can't compete with that. You know, or, you know, there was a gig I did back in, what was it, 2007? Van Halen played the same night mm-hmm. at the arena with David Lee Roth. And I'm like, God, I'm going to play to nobody. I was surprised there was an okay crowd. And I even said to the crowd, well, thank you for not going to see Van Halen tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know they're playing as I speak, but yeah, that's the competition we all face. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. tough. It's tough being a musician to begin with. Yeah. Like I said, on top of it, just, it's totally oversaturated. And to be told you better sell these or you're never coming back. It's like, yeah. that's not, that's not, it's Thanks not the art. It's the business. Again, yep. I, I can go on and on about that. It's stuff like that where I thought I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. You know, I'm lucky I did two shows this year with my band. We didn't have to sell any tickets. It was beautiful. It was great. I, I didn't have to stress. You know, I got some gray hairs coming in. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's all good, though. Good. You know? Good. Really good. All right. Well, real quick, uh, give a shout out to Little Fidelic Records, our sponsor. Oh, yes. Yeah, they're up on uh, Main Street in Belmore. They just uh, moved across the street into the new store. Go, go, go check them out. Give them some business. Shop some records. No? Why are you looking at me? Because you're supposed <laughs> to be helping me on this. You just go to the there. record store. You just sit there and do nothing. Just go to the record store. What the fuck, man? Go see for yourself. All right, man. Dude. Dude. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's got some stuff for us. Yes, I I brought my Sharpie. Nice. <laughs> Going to sign some CDs for us? Awesome. So one awesome. to Matt and one to Jeff. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. No problem. I said thank you very much for coming. And it's been, it's, it's, track, been, it's yeah. been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This is... Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's super professional. Okay, I want to smudge. Ah, oh, thanks, man. Here we go. Jeff. Yes. Is that two Fs? Yes. All right. All right. Well, that about does it for us, right? Yeah, we're good. Thanks for coming, man. We really thanks, appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. Thank really, you. It was yeah. awesome. All right. Thanks we'll see you guys me. next time on the Jersey Shore Musicians Podcast. Peace. Bye.